This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. It has nothing to do with age. It's your attitude. It's what the person can give and what they see in life. There's so much to know about humanity. Hello and welcome to the Llama Podcast. I'm Peter Bowes and Llama, Live Long and Master Aging, is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. Today I'm in Newport Beach in California where I've come to meet a quite remarkable lady. She is Ethel Travis, 102 years old, a former ballerina, a socialite and, I hear, quite the life and soul of every party that she goes to. Ethel, it's great to see you. Hello. 102 years old. How old do you feel? Well, I'm with the young people, usually, so I feel much younger. And I'm told I look younger, and I think that's what makes me feel that way. You look great. You look fantastic today. (laughs) Thank you. Do you take the attitude that a number's just a number? I guess I'm getting to be that way, because uh, I see how my life is going and I, I don't feel old. And I find that even this building is loads of people, and I make friends very easily. So I have to know my limitations. Do you think that is part of the secret, that you can make friends easily, and you have a lot of people? Today you've got your family around you. Well, I've had family. My, I was very fortunate. My mother had four sisters, and we all lived in the same neighborhood in Chicago. And they used to take us the little children, all the cousins, to the park. So we really got the custom to our cousins. And this is something they all don't forget me. They call to see how I'm doing. And it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling at this age to have a family like this and having my son and daughter. So tell me about your childhood and, and how you were brought up. What are your memories of oh, that I have time wonderful, going to school as well? Wonderful, wonderful memories. I've always been, being a dancer, My the principals always had me entertained. And of course, you know, to do that, everybody cares for you because they know what you do. And so I always was a little spoiled. I always felt that whatever I do must be right. Were you a show-off as a kid? No. No. I used to make clothes. I knew how to sew. I used to make my mother outfits all the time. But was there a something in you that wanted to perform, do you think? Well, when I was very young, you and you start so young, you learn to be perform. And I've been very fortunate when I did because everything I did was very easy for me. And I was recognized too, and that spoiled me a little too because I felt that I was capable. You were obviously very, you were a dancer, so you were very athletic as, very a, as much a young so. woman. Yes. When I took dancing, 
I had a girlfriend. We were we went to kindergarten together, and one day the mothers came in the morning to pick up us girls, and my mother wasn't there, and I was crying. So this mother, one of the mothers, came up to me. She said, "Why are you crying?" I says, "My mother has must forgot me." So they said, "Where do you live?" And I told them. They said, "Well, we live on the same street." So she says, "Come on, I'll walk you to where your mother is." So my mother started coming. She was a little late, and the both ladies looked at each other, and they both went to the same school together. And so the daughter and I become girlfriends all the years, and she—I used to use her for my exercises. She was heavy. So I'd have her get on her hands and feet, and I would do the flips over her. And that was my experience with her. But we were girlfriends for many, many years. She had remarried a few more times, but that was perfectly all right with me. We got along very well. So when did you, were you a professional dancer? Yes. So tell me about See, those uh, times. That was very interesting because the woman that was very, in, you know, just a dancer, the one from Russia, she took a liking to me. And she saw that I was entertaining every big show wherever it was being put on, either in Chicago or New York. And she always managed, because she knew how I was good at that, she would always give me one of the head parts, take over one of the head parts. And and I just went through it and enjoyed it immensely. And I loved her also because I knew she took a liking and she was the kind of person that I could get along and she knew my failures and my good things about me. And so this went on for quite a while because I was 20 years on the stage. And I loved it. I loved every bit of it. But I'll tell you one thing about me. When I used to go for classes, from after I was through dancing, I would always go to a dance because I felt I have to keep my body good. And bearing in mind your great age now, you spent most of your, obviously, your childhood and your, your, your early years you go back as an adult, as that. a dancer. There was a lot of physical activity. Yes. How, how do you think that helped you in life? Because I, my parents were very good to me, and they believed that I was smart enough to, to be... You can, I, they didn't have to tell me what I wanted to do. And that's it's very helpful. I tell people when they hear my age, and I don't want all this business of putting their hands around me or anything, and I'll say... What, what people want to hug you, do they? Yes. And you don't want that? No, because I feel you never know. You can catch different people have different problems. But I did tell people, the best thing is when you have good parents and they lead you the right way. And they certainly did because they trusted me. 
So let me ask you the question that I'm sure you must have been asked many, many times, and that is that the secret question, the secret to your longevity. I had confidence in myself. That's the word, confidence. Because I was never afraid to try the best I could. And I many times I did things that probably other people never did because I always wanted to create. I was more of a creator. Were you ambitious? Yes, always. What do you think it's been about your lifestyle and the way that you've lived your life, that the jobs that you've done, maybe the exercise and the physical activity that you well, had? Well, I feel that I I was very I become very independent because I felt strong and I was doing the right thing. As far as your career was concerned? Yes. Because I was very successful. Wherever I did, it turned out good. And that, and I maybe didn't realize it at the time, but as I grew up and be more mature, I saw it. And what about your health over these years? I've been healthy all my life. Did you always have a, an optimistic frame of mind? Yes. You're always positive about life. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid. I'm that way today. You know, you're looking very stylish today, and you obviously enjoy your jewelry. And that's the way I am with people, right, Carol? Carol's your daughter. Yes, sitting in the background here. Hi, Carol. Hi. <laughs> and that's my son. That's her husband. You still enjoy going shopping I today? I love it. You know, I don't buy. I don't spend money. I make my own clothes, so I never had to go out buying clothes. And I knew how to save money. But you do occasionally go out shopping now and, yes, and buy some Yes, because stuff. there's things I like to add to it or do. And downstairs in the office, here the main office, they said to me, Ethel, no matter where you're going, you must stop here because we got to see what you're wearing. And this is the apartment complex that you live in. They always want to say hello as you're, as you're leaving or yes, coming home. I get a lot of respect people here. And when you go out shopping and you're talking to the shop assistants in the stores and you're trying to choose your clothes, yes. do you tell them how old you are and do you get into oh, a conversation about that? Oh, I tell everybody my age. Oh, you're though. proud of it? And they're laughing. They know I'm truthful, but I do it purposely. It isn't because I want to show off, but I know people have to be told that they'll say to me, well, what's your secret? I says, it has a lot to do with the way you're raised. If you start when you get married to a man. You have to, and you have children, you have to know how to teach these children how to live and, and be honest about things. And what is the most important thing, do you think, to tell children? Well, this is it. I think you should bring them up and show them that you don't fight with each other. That's one thing I never saw my mother and father fight. And this is something, they had little habits in our house. It was unbelievable. My dad loved my brothers to come and rub his back. My mother's just, she, she, uh, my, they had the, at that time, where the heater was built in the building. And my mother used to be cold. She used to stand near that. So, you know, did you ever hear of the Jewish people put something on their wall and their door that gives them 
They show respect. Mezuzah. They call that mezuzah. So this is what I always tell people. If you want your children to have respect for you, parents, and my mother, she was standing where the heat is. She was always cold. So we always say, are you a mezuzah? You know, like that. So there was a sense of humor in, in my household. Unfortunately, I lost both brothers. I did everything for my parents when they had to be put in a home. And my mother didn't want to go in the home because my dad, he, he was failing. And so she was very smart. She went right with them, but at first she said, I said, Mom, you stay. I had to think of what I should tell him. So I say, Mom, you stay home, and we'll put Dad in. I knew my mother wouldn't be that way. She wanted to be with my dad. So they went into a home together. Yes. And they were so well-liked in that home. My dad used to sit at the piano. You're probably learning things you never knew. My dad sat at a piano where there was a woman that used to play all kinds of Jewish songs, and my dad would sit with her and sing the songs. And I didn't know that my dad took artwork in that home. And my mother used to play cards, and the, she used to make money. And they, she put the, the she money She was a good in, card player then. Yeah, and she play, put the money in a drawer. And she, when I come to see her, Ethel... I got money in the drawer. I think you better take it out. <laughs> and how old were your parents when they went into the home? 96, yeah. they were Aged 96? Yeah. And as the daughter, talking to them at this time, uh-huh. how was it difficult for you seeing them go into the home? Of course. But at least I knew I went to, the, oh, talking about that home. One, the, you know, the, when we finally got them to sign in to go, the man uh, met me on the street one day, and he stopped me. He says, I remember you, the way you handled your parents. He made me feel, now see, this is the things that make me feel independent. And what especially did he remember about you? Was it your attitude towards them going into the home? evidently. So they both lived until their late 90s. A full life. A very full life. Yes. They had the most beautiful friends. My mother used to be a very good cook, and she always had her friends over for dinner. And I used to have my friends for lunch when I was younger. And the fact that you went through that with your parents. Now, here you are at 102 years old and still living in your own home. I never dreamt I'd ever be this age, honestly. Do you have thoughts about yourself and potentially ever going into a home yourself? Would would you do that if you felt it was the right thing to do? I think I would, But you don't think about it? No, because I feel I'm doing very well. My family can tell you that. You do have a, a great family around you. And, and and you are obviously still very mobile oh, yes. and live a full life. I am. I go, I go with care of my book club. Occasionally we'll do things together. And when it comes to birthdays and celebrations, we, we get together. Tell me about your book club. Oh, I love the girls there. They're very, very fine. 
these girls had good backgrounds. There's two sisters from Spain, and they're they're very unusual. And when you say girls, young ladies, I call them girls. They're younger than you, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is a lawyer. The other one, she has two adopted children, and they are lovely. Each girl has they have a di- a lunch dinner rather six o'clock once a month, and we have to read our books. After we eat, we all gather around and we discuss the book. What was the last book you read? The Nest. This is it. I still have it. And what's it about? Oh, it's a beautiful story. It was beautiful. It was a family, a mother that was struggled. Didn't she struggle? And so you all get together every few weeks and you talk about the book that you've just read. And then do you swap books? Well, my no. daughter buys, gets me, she buys for herself and for me. And we both discuss it on the phone many times, whether we like it or we don't, you know. We'll pick out what we really liked about it, and I love that. So you have a very active social life, don't you? I have a couple of girls, they come here and make me lunch. They, they feel that uh, maybe it's nice for them to do it, and mm. I never refuse and whenever you get the opportunity, you tell people how old you are. Oh, yes. I feel that uh, I'm showing them that a person could still be young in mind and body and, and enjoy life. That's my feeling about it. And what sort of response do you normally get from people? Oh, they love it. Are you kidding? I have thousands of friends, am I right? Everybody loves me. I don't have to look for friends. And how do young people, very young people, how do they respond to being with someone who is 100 years old? I don't get much of that. And I'm very unhappy because I'm spoiled. I know the kind of life I had, and I see young people, their parents are working, which is a shame they can't. They can guide the, these children when they go outside and do things and they get lost with bad things instead of good. I think that's terrible today. Tell me about your diet, your lifetime of, of eating. What sort of foods have you been, was, Have you been particular about I what you've a, chosen? I was a little on the heavy side at one time, wasn't I, Carol? Because my husband was so good to me. He loved to take me out for dinners. He didn't want me to work. See, I'd have to make the food. So then I, I did refuse. So I started putting on weight. Now I'm way down to nothing. And it's wonderful. I love it. Did you eat everything? Yes. Well, I do it because I feel it's better for my health. What do, what do you eat? Oh, I I have such a wonderful breakfast. He makes me, first he makes good hot tea. This is your son who you live with? Yes. Jim. Jim. So tell me about your breakfast. Well, he always makes hot tea for me. And I have bananas, cut up bananas with uh, milk. I love herring. Did you ever hear of herring? Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And I love a filter fish. So I have that for breakfast, don't I, Jim? And what about lunch and dinner? 
Well, it depends how hungry I am. And I always have so much in that refrigerator. It doesn't take me much. I know just what I want. I like peanut butter. And I love to go out and have lamb chops. In fact, I used to go to one place. This man couldn't get over me. He was the head of the the store and be very kind to people and see that what they wanted, what they didn't. And he took a liking to me, and he always managed to give me more than I expected. But I loved lamb chops. And what gets me, I can't get over my way of liking lamb chops because I was in this country. What country was that where they had the lamb? The gentleman, say I was with the boyfriend at the time in New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. And uh, we stayed in a home, private home. And this gentleman says to me, and my boyfriend at the time, it wasn't a husband, he would say to me, I want to show you something. So I come downstairs, and he put me in a little car. He had a hundred lambs. And today, when I have lamb chops, I think to myself, have I got nerve to see those beautiful lambs, and here I'm eating them. But it didn't stop me. (laughs) I still love lamb chops. So during your life, there's nothing in terms of your diet. There are no foods that you you haven't purposefully eaten. You you eat lots of meat. You eat vegetables. You eat eat a a real mixture. Yeah. Sometimes I'll eat a little more than usual. Sometimes I won't. So when people talk about diet being important, and especially as you look at longevity. Yeah, right. Do you agree with that? Yes, very much so. What what aspect do you agree? Because you're obviously not a vegetarian or a, no, or a no. vegan. You, no, you no. eat a, a variety of foods. I, re- I eat everything. Is that the secret, do you think, to eat a bit of everything? Well, you have to have an appetite for those things. You have to see whether you like it or not. You've got to test it. See, that's one thing. If you... Is I test things, and if I like it well enough, I'll have it more. So that's why I say some people, are, they get to be, live in a, a certain way that they got to have that or nothing at all. Do you like sweets? Oh, yeah, but I know there's a limit to that. I've got a refrigerator full of sweets because I get boxes of candy. Now, I understand you, you told me before we started talking that you don't take any medications no. at all. No, well, no drugs, but maybe a supplement, lots of supplements. Yeah, yeah. How have you been so fortunate, do you think, to get through your life well, without taking any, like so many Americans? And I don't, people around the world I don't are taking even all these drink. drugs. I don't even drink. I bought something. Uh, some kind of a drink that I thought maybe I'd like to see a little. I walk up to it and I walk away. So you don't drink any alcohol? Well, when I'm with the girls, I'll have a little, they'll have a wine. At the book club? Yeah. So you'll have a glass of wine occasionally? that's what I like. And has it always been like that throughout your life that you Mm -hmm. haven't drunk much alcohol? Not a big drinker, never. I think there's other things that I like better. Maybe I should, wouldn't have had a little more weight. But I, I like sweets. I think maybe being 
my husband taking me out so much is why I learned to eat too much. So this is what I'm getting from you. You're looking at your great age, your great longevity. The big thing in your life has been your social life, how you've integrated with yes, people. Yes, I had wonderful. Your family relationships. It's not necessarily to do with your diet or your food because no. it hasn't been that special. No. But it's, you've it's had a very friends. special social life. You've got a lot of friends. Absolutely. I was very, very fortunate. Never had, never had a worry about a friend. And how do you exercise now? What do you I, do? I did something. I have to tell them. She, uh, the woman that I take exercise from, she's excellent. So what she did one day, she had like two ladders. And she says to me, Ethel, see how far you can go up that ladder, you know, just with my hands. How far up did it go? That's what she couldn't get over. She says, Ethel, I've had all kinds of people. Nobody ever went up as high as you. I'm pretty strong, evidently, that I was able to pull myself up that way. How long do your fitness sessions last for? An hour. So you're doing it, these stretching and different movements for about one hour, and you do it every, every week? Every week. And you feel great afterwards? Oh, I love it. And then, of course, on Friday I get that massage, and she can't get over me. So Friday's the massage. Yes. And the you go and, to the studio. And Wednesday is the studio. It sounds like these exercises do you a world of good. It does. It's wonderful. And you go every Wednesday. Every week. And then you've got your book club, uh-huh. which is every... Once a month. Month. You've got a busy life, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be happy if I had to sit around and do nothing. And I don't. I can show you I made beautiful clothes. And they had my son and daughter this last party, that 200-year birthday was. Oh, 100. (laughs) I'm losing it. I'll come to the 200. Yes. That was some party. Your 100th birthday, that's quite an achievement. Sure, it was. Did you have fun at the party? Oh, definitely. And my friends were In fact, there. I'm told you were the life and soul of the party. Oh, yeah. I always, people know, know me. I'm there. I, listen, I was an actress and I was on the stage. I was going to say, you like being the center of attention? Well, it's not. It's a habit. So how does it feel? Well, there are times where I don't, I'm not pleased about something. I'm not perfect. I know that. What, what do you mean there are times you're not pleased about something? Well, sometimes I may react to things that might not be as good as it should be. But I'm human. I'm not perfect. And do you tell people what you think? Oh, yes, a you, lot. You're strong-willed and strong-minded? Yes. What, I, I tell what them sort purposely of things because you? I want them to realize you don't have to be worried about things. And, you know, women love to complain That's why there's women here. They're lovely. I invite them to my parties, but I don't have much to do with them. I have special friends. To me, they're special for what they believe and what they do. That's one thing. I won't have anything different because I'm accustomed to it. And what makes someone a special friend? If you could describe what that person's like. And, you know, women have a habit of talking about other women, 
how bad they are. Not good things, mostly bad things. I don't, I don't like that. And I'd rather not be with them. Why should I spend my time? My time is more important because I feel who knows tomorrow for anybody whether they'll be here or not. So you enjoy surrounding yourself by like-minded people, yes. people who you can think the same way as. Yes. And do you think you learn a little bit from them and they learn a oh, little bit definitely. from you? Oh, definitely. I'm always open to learn whether I like it or not. If I don't say nothing, and that's all. I know I keep quiet. I and sometimes I, I don't like it. I'll let them know. Everything about you is, is kind of made for longevity. Which I don't think that way, though. You don't think in terms of yourself as having lived a a great, long life? Well, I want to live longer. I want to make history. I've already started being in history, right? I think you have. All right, so what's your ambition? I just want to... I'm very unhappy the way things are going now with the people. I watch television purposely to see what goes on because, you know, you won't know unless you watch. It doesn't mean that you like what you watch. Now, you're unhappy with what you see happening in the world on the news? Yes. And I feel children, it's not fair when they don't have the opportunities when they can. And there's parents that they... They don't get along, and the children suffer for it, and they never have a good life because they don't know the difference. So it's the way people live their lives today that makes you uneasy. Yes. And And they're too much giving, and the children should know that you get whatever you get, you've got to pay for it. You don't have to get things too easy. That's not the best thing in the world because they're affected more so than you are. And in terms of your own life, 102 years old, as you look to the future? Well, I feel as long as I'm healthy, I must have a little something that's keeping me going. Some people call it the longevity gene, that, yeah. that you have it. Clearly your parents had it and other yes. members of your family. Yes. Do you want to just keep on going? Oh, if I can help people, I don't care. But if I have to hurt people, I don't, I don't believe I should be here. But I think, I believe there, there, there's reasons why I'm here yet. And you told me earlier you want to make history. I do. In what way? It started already. Some people say that they can't get over my attitude. You know, all those things make you more independent. And it isn't because I want to be what they call a snob. Have you ever heard that? Absolutely. You don't appear to me to be like a snob at all. Far from it. If I can help somebody, I'll do it. I feel very fortunate for many things in this this life of mine because I think I learned to have good taste and I know how to understand people and to me that's so important and I understand that as far as your body is concerned you have plans 
for the future. And yes. you've been talking to USC, the University of Southern California. Yes, I've got already the papers. And it says when the time comes for the family that they, I'm dying, because I'm going to be used for, for the future, and maybe some of the good things that come out of me will help somebody else. So you're going to donate your body for scientific research? Mm -hmm. Because I remember ever since I was a little girl, and my mother and dad were very proud of me. I was, I, they had a little uniform around me, like a nurse's uniform, and I used to go around and ask for money in different homes, and I'd give that money for a cause. And then at one time, I'll never forget, I got on a, a, a like a little box, and I got up to talk, but they didn't keep me long, but they got a kick out of it, whatever it was. I don't remember it so long. I was a little girl. But I always wanted to be involved and learn. I didn't plan it, but maybe that's the way it came out. And I think you still have that same attitude, don't you? That The yeah. attitude that you had as a young girl, as a 102-year-old now, you have the same yeah, because, approach you know, to life. We never know what tomorrow brings. When you see, when you watch television and you see people, lovely, good people getting killed or the, uh, what happens to people that they don't deserve, we never know. We never know what it's going to be. Well, Ethel, I like your attitude very much. It's been a real Thank pleasure you. to meet you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I like your smile. Oh, thank you. And I like your smile too. <laughs> Beautiful smile. Thank you so much. It's really been fun. And that is it for this episode of the Llama Podcast. Before we go, a reminder that there are many ways to listen via our website, which is llamapodcast.com. There's iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I love music. At Llama must, Podcast. Did you close off? No, I think we'll keep going. I'll tell you one thing. I'm a lover of music. I can get up 3 o'clock in the morning. They have the ballet, the opera, everything that I've been trained when I was a young girl. So you tune into the radio in the middle of the night to listen yes. to some of that? Yes. And my, when I was young, that's what my parents used to do with me. They'd take me to the operas, ballet, all everything. I go to... With Carol, we go see the ballet now, which you know, the young woman. Do you think music keeps you young? Yes. I love music, yeah. What's your favorite music? Do you have one particular well, composition? Well, I'll tell you, I always loved cello. And poor Carol, I talked the, the to The cello? Her. She played the cello. And my little grandchildren, they learned as in their first grade, they had him sitting and playing cello. I played the cello as a kid. Really? I wasn't very good, but I attempted to play. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I didn't think it was cute at the time, We have something actually. in common. <laughs> yes, we have. And so does Carol, because Carol played. Ethel, I think you and I could reminisce for the rest of the day, for many hours to come, but we, we have to close here. Yes, all right. It's really, <laughs> it's really been fun to talk to you. Thanks. Well, so I'm glad.
FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rude. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.